0: All right, apparently we can't have a uh, a intro because even though I restarted the recording when I clicked it, instead of it playing, it just deleted. Yeah, yeah. So we're going with the the uh, new old intro. The
1: new <laughs> old stuff. intro that is very, to me, like tonight is very uh, like 90s anime.
0: Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> well, welcome to Tasting Anarchy. Uh, if you don't know where you are, you are here with me, Jacob and I'm joined as always by Mason and uh, well we got kind of a couple of interesting topics today but uh, yeah. since we've been jibber jabbering for about forty minutes, why don't yeah. we get right into the drinks so you got yeah. anything you want to review today uh,
1: so I had a repeat wine tonight the um it was the uh, Trays picos it's uh, the granacha um oh, okay it's like 1599 so it's like three peaks in spanish um i mean just really solid granacha we uh my wife made uh prime rib um so we used it as a base of a sauce for the went on the prime rib that was made out of the drippings but like none of the prime rib was itself was cooked in the sauce mm. um so super peppery pretty good and then um have you ever heard of Fiano other than when I mentioned it three weeks ago? I don't think so. Other than from you. Yeah. So, um, it's another Italian, um, so the, um, Barbersville, not Barbersville.
0: Yeah, I think Barbersville is when we did, or it's the one that we did, I think. I
1: I did, I did whatever the other one that, uh, that other Italian we hadn't heard of. um, I got one of theirs. Maybe it is Barbersville, but um, yeah, it is um, okay. So this is their Fiano. It's like the 2019 or 2018 or something like that. Um, it's like 13.5. So pale gold um, smell to me, like basically no smell, but to taste pear light, um, like it had a very, just like, I don't know how to describe it better, but light flavor. Like it was a bright flavor, but bright isn't the word I would use. It was like a light. It was kind of weird, but it was oily on the tongue. So like it definitely was very viscous and kind of coating, um, but the flavor was super light. So, I mean, it was one of those white wines where I've been, as list, long-time listeners will kind of know, since like the fall or so, I've been doing a lot more red wines, and it just wasn't strong enough, especially compared to that Grenache. Now, this was two weeks ago or more that I had this, but the Grenache is just like, it pops, it's there. Like yeah. it add up some black flavor to it, like raspberry, blackberries, maybe a little vanilla and leather is what they put on the bottle, but I didn't get that. But like, you know, very black peppery, almost like a Carmenier, but not, not as aggressive in the black pepper, but still like an aggressive and tannic wine. So that one was really good. And I've had it before. Um, And it was kind of good to go back because, you know, we like to get the El Pensador, Granacha, or Tempranillo, but it was kind of nice to get a different one. And this is like a a price point up. So it was pretty much double the price. But, you know, like, I mean, being, uh, I don't think we've talked about this in a while, being the mad cribbage fans we are. That's right. Like, even though like from say seven to 14 or eight to 16 is doubling the price. Like, and that's a big percentage, but you know, as much as well as we do in life for you and me, like, that's not like that doubling isn't suddenly like doubling our drinks budget. Like right. we would routinely buy beers that were $10 and yeah, so no, true like having a $16 bottle of wine, as opposed to a beer that was $10. Like there's a a significant, it's not like you're going from a drinking, always drinking a $30 bottle, $30 bottle of wine to a $60 bottle. Like that's kind of the difference in our price points right now. Like, yeah, you can get a $30, $30 bottle of wine when you want to, but when you're going like, I'm going to get a $60 bottle of wine for cooking and another bottle to drink. It's like, mm, that's a bit out of our price range. So that was just kind of a, an interesting thing. Cause like to me, while it, the temper neo that I, or not the temper neo, the Grenache I had tonight was a better Grenache. Mm-hmm. I still really like the El Pensador. Like, especially cause it's normally eight, nine, 10 bucks, roughly. Uh, maybe $8.99. And this was $15.99. So not exactly double, but very close. Mm -hmm. And I still think it's like, not the El Pensador is not half as good. You know, like kind of from that price point, like that was a really good bottle of wine. And for $15, it's really good. But for like the $8.99 that I pay for the El Pensador, I think I'm getting a better deal because I think it's, just slightly shy of the uh, trays uh, picos.
0: Yeah, we we talked about that a little bit. That sometimes the the price, I wouldn't say I, I don't. It's like the price to enjoyment ratio, or something mm-hmm. like that, would be the way it is. It, like sometimes it's not there. I mean, because there's there are some that like for a good example is um, I can't remember the name of it because it's French, but that uh, that Cabernet Franc that I like from Loire. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorites. I buy it all the time. And I, I think it's $17 or $18 a bottle. Um, totally worth that price to me. But and and I do enjoy that more than some of the California Cab Francs that go for like $50 a bottle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just think it's a a better wine. Or I wouldn't say a better wine, but it's four for what I'm looking for from Cab Franc, that's closer to what I'm looking for. So isn't uh, that a better wine?
1: Like, I know you're always kind of running yeah. to like if from, I, I would say, I wouldn't say, that it's something, yeah.
0: I, I wouldn't say necessarily it's a better wine. It's what, because I, I know that people like if I, that my, my biggest problem all the time with the California Cab Francs is that they taste too much like Cab Sobs to me. They're, they don't, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't, they're not delicate and light and, In the way that, like, a lot of Virginia cab francs, for example, are, or especially cab francs in the Finger Lakes region region, or cab Franc from Loire, which I I really like that. And it's got a lot more of that earthiness and it's just more complex, more interesting to me as far as what I'm looking for. That's better and it's a better price. But I do recognize that some of the higher priced ones that I've had not necessarily the California ones, but some of the higher priced ones that I've had that I didn't enjoy as much were probably better wines as, as far as like the way that they were produced and all that sort of stuff. It's just, I didn't like it as well. I guess. Not, so it,
1: you know, this is like, I'll only push back slightly in the way you're describing it. Yeah. Cause to me, <coughs> Oh, excuse me. Being, um, Like uh, Austrians, yeah. price is a subjective value. Right. So to me, and again, like this is just, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think I think that way as an Austrian. Because to me, like, yes, it's like um, Pinot Noir. I know something's happening. I'm just not getting it. Yeah. Like it just, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not what I'm looking for. So to me, like, as I've always told you, it's like, yes, I can tell this is a very well-made bottle of wine, but I don't taste anything. So yeah. to me, like you saying like, and I think that's kind of the analytical side that you have yeah, a lot. And I think that's why you like technical options trading so much is you can measure the betterness of the production quality and that factors into your like of the wine because I think you're so so against at times saying negative things on something. So it's kind of sure. like no, I know this is a well-produced product, and maybe how much you spent on it, you know, kind of thinking like from that way. But to me it's like, which one did you enjoy more? Oh, this $17 one. That's the yeah. better one.
0: <laughs> well, that, and for me, for me, definitely it's a better one. I And I buy it yeah. and I enjoy it every single time. But like another good example of this kind of on the other end is, and you brought up Pinot Noir. I, I do like Pinot Noir, but I do tend to um, not like the cheap ones for the most part. Uh, the mm-hmm. more expensive ones to me, I, I would like, I think the 2014 Ludum Gaps Crown Pinot Noir is like my favorite Pinot Noir. They don't make it anymore, unfortunately, or the, yeah the the group that was doing it, I'm sure I could okay. get the same grapes and in, in a different one, but the the collaboration that was doing it isn't doing that anymore. But um, I think those were forty or fifty bucks a bottle. Mm-hmm. Gladly would I pay forty or fifty dollars a bottle for that one. I think it was very very good. Um, but you know, the there's I've had Pinot Noirs at a cheaper price point, and sometimes they're fine. Uh, it's just uh, in my experience with Pinot Noir, the ones that are more expensive tend to reflect that price. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think with a lot of other varieties, there's something, something else. There's like, there's more of a discrepancy or like a, I wouldn't say misalignment, but a um, poorly priced. That's the only way I can think of saying it. It's just that they're not priced correctly. Like they're like, I like this, this one, the Cap Franc that I like from Loire, I think it should be more expensive as, I mean, I'm happy to pay the price, but uh, I I feel like it's a more expensive wine. And sometimes I think we get, and we've discussed this actually with Chile too, where it's like, you'll get two Chilean wines. One is, you know, 20 bucks and one is 50 bucks and the $21 or the $20 one is just better. And, Mm -hmm. but, and in that case, it's usually more of a, they don't know how to price it for the American market yet. Mm. Uh, and and eventually, you know, we've talked about this too, is that they should just have to clear it eventually. If it doesn't sell, it needs to come down in price. And clearly though, the people who make, um, I'm trying to remember what that California one is, that it's pretty, I mean, it's good. It's just too expensive, I think, for what it is. Uh, clearly they're selling it. and mm-hmm. And because they have not adjusted the price. And actually they did have a really good one 2014 was just a really good year for wine, at least for me. I don't know if it was worldwide. The, the 2014 Cab Franc from uh, man, I cannot remember who made. It. I, I kind of, I feel like I need to look it up. Uh, Cab Franc, California. I bet you it'll come up in the in the thing. Oh, surprisingly, it did not. Uh, anyways, 2014, I think, was just a really good year.
1: Yeah, because isn't for, that the year you like the Cab Sav too?
0: Yeah, uh, well the uh, the Cab Sav twenty fourteen from Oakville, excellent. Mm-hmm. Twenty fourteen from Bordeaux, also really good. The the uh, left bank Bordeaux that we've had from from twenty fourteen, I also thought was really good. I don't know if it's just maybe I have it like I have a bias now in my mind uh, that mm-hmm. that was just a really good Maxville. That's that's the Cab yeah. Franc that I was thinking of. Uh, it's a it's a Napa Napa Valley uh caps off but i think that, that maybe there was just a really good year that year in a lot of different places because mm-hmm. i do i do tend to always go oh well this was okay when i try one of the newer ones but the 2014 was really good um okay. and when i and when i get one it's i still feel that way but it's now that we're a little bit uh later on there was also that other one that i had um also from california uh, do you remember the that one that was a uh, 214 i think so yeah yeah. Well, I, I review, I think I'd had two bottles of it. I reviewed both of them kind of separate from each other. That one I think was also 2014 Cab Franc and also extremely good. And I think Napa also. Um, but then like I've had other ones from California that I just didn't care for. And there's been none that I've had so far over multiple vintages that I like as much as this one from Loire, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, one of these days I got a, I, I've done reviews of it. Maybe if I uh have the wherewithal I'll actually <laughs> I'll actually look it up and put it in the show notes. But yeah. So, I don't remember you, where we were going with that, but
1: Oh, well, it's just the subjective value of yeah, I guess, and yeah. like how like how you're not willing to say they're better bottles of wine where to me it's all about the taste is you know. Yeah, obviously if you made, if you made nails that tasted like wine, I'm still not going to be eating them, but yeah, you know, yeah. from like a wine standpoint, it's not going to poison you even if it tastes like amazing. So well, are, you, you are you ready for the most ham fisted segue ever? Yes. Cause I was actually going to try to do a ham fisted one too, but you do yours. Okay. So, um, now everybody just realized we weren't talking about wine that entire time. We were actually talking about the mat- multifaceted diet, Dr. Pepper. All right. yeah. Okay. Uh, well that was actually that was cousin, a pretty good one. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I was uh, I was actually gonna ham fist it and say, so what would the subjective price of wine that's been in space be?
1: <laughs> <laughs> also bad. <laughs> but I, I think yours was better executed. Um I don't think I, I think mine was a little more like super ham fisted. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah well, so uh,
0: let, let's do let's do the space one because it's pretty yep, short yep. um and then and then i'll go ahead and tell you what i've been drinking this evening and uh and then we'll move on to our our dr pepper thing because the dr pepper thing is actually interesting and something we've talked about on the show before um so the the space thing this is from our boy uh chris mercer over at did
1: notice that. <laughs> what's that he said i did notice that
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like this guy. His his articles are always, are always very unbiased is the only way I can describe it. It's just, here's the facts you do what you want. (laughs) But, uh, so it's called, uh, I'm, I'm going, I've read this a million times because it's a famous, uh, name, but I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I think it's Petrus
1: P E T
0: Petrus. Okay. So Petrus reveals revealed as Bordeaux wine aged in space. Uh, So basically, to summarize, um, they sent wine to space. (laughs) That's the summary. And they they had it up there for 14 months, and then they brought it down and Mm -hmm. and had a a tasting.
1: They had like a
0: case up there, right? uh, Yeah, it was a full case. So they they sent, I guess, 12. uh, I think it actually was two cases. I think it was 24 bottles, but I don't remember if it said it in the thing.
1: Um, you keep talking about. I'll see if I can figure it out.
0: Yeah came back down on the dragon capsule so that should uh, p- that should make all the space nerds interested because that's space uh, I think SpaceX. It went up on there too Did it uh, I thought okay I, ca- I can't remember what it said in the article what I thought was interesting is that apparently this is actually is not just like some sort of uh yeah, it was 12 bottles Rich person Oh, twelve 12 bottles okay yep. it's not like some sort of like rich person indulgence there it was actually like a a reason for it uh cuz they also <laughs> sent up they also sent vines up to just see how the zero or low gravity um, and the radiation would affect the vines themselves. It was mo- it was mm-hmm. cuttings, but uh, they also sent the the wine up, and then when they brought it down, they had uh, a, a wine tasting, and apparently the ones that aged in space um, did extremely well in the tasting. Uh, people. Mm-hmm i i would i would imagine it was a blind tasting i don't think it specifically said but it
1: didn't and that was one yeah, of that's what i was a little
0: odd about yeah. because it, they didn't specifically say it was a blind tasting so if you knew it was in space i think that would change your opinion
1: yeah or like how many of the people like heard the other people's opinion
0: right yeah yeah that's a good that's a good point but anyways the people that uh tasted it they said it was it it was um evaluated extremely well and they uh they described it as having a older taste basically is that it, a lot of those flavors that develop in wine developed more quickly in the ones that were in the space capsule or whatever than than the ones on ground now for anybody who's interested you can't actually get the space one because there's only 12 12 bottles going up uh, but this was the Petrus two thousand.
1: Yep, it is
0: six thousand four hundred eighty-eight dollars a bottle.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So if you're interested in getting the Earth one, what's that?
1: Seventy-two thousand dollars worth of wine.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, but think about it too. Is like I remember when we were kids, somebody telling me, and I don't, I don't know if this is true anymore, and it, it probably isn't, that it costs. Uh, almost a million dollars per pound to put something into space. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much I should have looked this up before. I don't know how much a bottle of wine weighs, but I'm guessing that it's close to a pound, maybe, maybe more. more. Yeah. Uh, And so you're thinking you've got $6,488 bottles of wine that could potentially cost a million dollars each to send into space. That's like $12 million round trip that somebody got to try, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. So um, a couple of things about that. One, I'm surprised these aren't the most expensive bottles of wine. You know what I mean? Like, like these aren't the most expensive bottles of wine.
0: No, I think uh, there's a, I'm going to say Thunderbird. That's not correct, but there is a, some sort of bird in California that I think is $14,000
1: a bottle. No, no, no. So what I'm saying is these have like become the most expensive bottles of wine. Like, Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like if they cost a million dollars per pound and let's say they all weigh a pound, like the $12 million thing. Um, Now I, I seem to remember like the cost has come down significantly. I mean, and that was the thing is like, that was, if I remember correctly, the cost for the space shuttle to take something to mm-hmm. space. So, but yeah, like these have become the most expensive bottles of wine. But this is one of those things where <laughs> the entire time I was reading it, like, I understand we were reading it in decanter, <laughs> so it's right. very wine focused. Um, but I was like, this is the dumbest thing <laughs> I have heard that they've wasted money on. Like from a yeah, government perspective in a long time because that, well,
0: that's, that's funny. Cause like I was talking to Victoria about it when we were at lunch and I was like, presumably this is like somehow tax adjacent. Yeah. And why would they do this? And the, the, at the end of the article, they kind of do get into it a little bit. They also sent up 320. It says uh, alongside the wine, um, 320 vine canes, 160 each of Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, uh, also enjoyed a fourteen month stay in space as part of the project um so I guess that the they're going to be analyzing the genetics of this this also made me like when I was reading this, I was like, this is dumb and and then like my conspiracy mind started going, and it's like, wait, why are they sending grapevines up there? Do they know something about the planet that we don't know that like we're at risk of not being able to have these vines for some reason on earth? interesting
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's where my wine would be the specific
0: yeah like why like why would this be the project like why would like because i was like i was like well why maybe they'd want to know like the the genetic changes and stuff on on plants and things like that that makes sense and i was like because if they you know if they wanted to grow it up there in like a you know like a ring world type thing where they they build a big ring and they can grow food and stuff on it and then i was like but but why like wine to me would be like one of the like any alcohol products in general, since you can make it out of a lot of different things, mm-hmm. like wine specifically, why would this be the thing that you're testing in yeah. space unless you have a good reason for doing it?
1: So, a couple of thoughts. A lot of the wine's genomes have been sequenced. So, that's a, there could yeah, that's be a good that. Point. Yeah, like, that's a good point. You know, the, they know the changes and they, like, because wine is so expressive. Like maybe they were thinking like, oh, we go take them back to the people who grew them. And then like, we can, you know, see what the the difference is. But also like they've been doing that. Like they've been putting frigging tomato plants up there forever. Yeah. And tomatoes that, aren't that super of makes sense too. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the tomatoes sort of make sense because it's like a food crop, but like, no, that that's my point is like, yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, like you said, like it would be different if they were like, and we sent six bottles of kimchi and we sent six bottles of sauerkraut and we sent all this tinned food to see what it would be like for people going to Mars. Right. Like like you said, like if it would be, or if like, like say grapevines were one of the fastest like air exchanger plants. And they're like, we need to know how to grow grapevines in space. So that way, we can change out the air for the carbon dioxide as you know we travel or something.
0: Yeah, I could I could see something like that. I know that like the last the last little statement in the article is uh, the experiments are part of the firm's uh, mission wise program, which seeks to contribute to understanding of sustainable agriculture. So, I mean, this is. I mean, maybe this is – I don't really have – I, I kind of would like to read into it more because like I said, like my conspiracy brain started going and I was like, there's something fishy about this. This yeah. is weird. But so, it could be that, you know, it – you know, grapevines were all – it used to be that until it became such a lucrative sales commodity, it used to be what you grew on the land that you couldn't grow food on because mm-hmm. uh, they do respond very well to harsh conditions. They also grow very well in like rocky soil uh, and uh, in pretty harsh conditions. Um, they're not super delicate plants. Uh, and I mean, you see this all the time with like muscadines and stuff like that around here. Well, I don't, do they have muscadines in Virginia? Too? Mm-hmm. I think they do. Yeah. So you see this around here. It's just like, they'll just randomly be a muscadine grape, like on top of like a brick wall or something like that. And you're like, what the hell? How did that get there? And, uh, they just, they just grow really well. And so maybe it has something to do with that. Is Is they're like, well, if we're going to go to Mars and we need something that's kind of hardy and if it can resist radiation and all that kind of stuff, maybe it can grow on Mars and produce, we can produce, you know, ethanol or something for fuel up there or who knows? I, I don't, I, I have, this is me yeah. kind of just grasping at straws, but also, you know, yeah, I, I never watched it, but you know that movie Elysium? Yes. Where, where all the rich people live on like a really fancy space station. Yeah. And all the poor people live on earth and it sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about when I see this. I'm like, rich people like wine. Although I do like wine too, but rich people really like $6,488 wine. (laughs) So is this, is this some sort of like rich person scheme (laughs) going on? So, uh,
1: speaking of, uh, conspiracies, uh, got my Childeberg shirts, uh, in the mail. So, uh, I was going around all day wearing on Easter my children's shirt, the and I didn't get the investigate uh, throwback edition. I got the um, the one with all like the cryptids and stuff on it. And my wife proceeded to ask me what every one of them was on the shirt. And every time I told her like I really don't know, she would ask about another one. I'm like, answer's okay. still the same. Well, I can, I can name them. I actually have the shirt on right now. Well, hang on. So then Lillian, my daughter was asking me like an hour later. I was like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) All right. Well here, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just name them and you can assign them to which one you think is correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on the side, those little like squiggly white guys, Mm -hmm. the ones with the two legs, those are, those are the Fresno nightcrawlers. Okay. Then we got Bigfoot, of course then you have a gray alien and mm-hmm. then you have the road toad
1: oh which it's a frog toad. Yeah, yeah
0: yep and then you have the lakeworth goat man
1: which one's the goat man
0: the one cutting the cake okay yeah that's the lakeworth goat man and then the tall horse looking one is the jersey devil
1: okay everyone thought that was a camel
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's the devil, the Jersey devil. And then up in the top, that purple bat-looking thing, mm-hmm. that's the mothman. Uh. And then you got a flying saucer, a couple of mushrooms, uh, some playing. sniffing glue.
1: Uh, okay. And they're playing like basketball or something or keep away with the uh, earth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh so- Yeah. You're wondering you what answer the, the question. heck <laughs> we're talking about. You should head over to Childerberg.com and buy one after you are yeah. completely amazed by them. Um, they are. or three because the, uh, Childerberg is not cheap. So Childerberg is happening in 2021, um, May the 29th through the 31st at the Shoe Bend recreational area, just Northwest of Austin by about 40 minutes, call it an hour. If you get lost once or twice, like I'm sure half of us will this year. Um, We're going to be out there camping, having fun. Uh, We're going to have some comedy over at Iron Wolf Distillery, which is, what, 20-ish minutes away? Uh, Yeah, yeah, probably 20, 15, 20 20. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have some stand-up comedy. We're going to have some music over there. Uh, Good times be had by all. Um, Yeah, lots of fun. And uh, our primary event, it's what we do uh, with a bunch of different podcasts, but um, Jacob over there does most of the administrative stuff. I actually probably all of it, I think. Uh, so yeah. Um, if you feel like contributing, you can donate even if you're not able to attend and or, uh, buy a shirt in the campground sign up soon.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to put that out, uh, this week. I'll probably put the camps out. Well, so probably before this episode airs, I'll, mm-hmm. uh, I'll have the sign up sheet out. I'm going to put it in another newsletter, and some other announcements. So we've got lots of space. Um, yeah. I just like to I just like to know how many
1: people are actually coming. So mm-hmm. and uh yeah, very helpful, useful. Um so yeah, cool. Uh so the uh Dr. Pepper is moving in on uh Big Coke's uh naming game, eh?
0: Yeah, so this is a super interesting article that I was not planning to talk about, but then like I somehow I just came across a somebody had a label up of Dr. Pepper Zero. Uh-huh. And I've never seen this before. Um And, but apparently it's been out for a couple of months. It's not in all markets, but it's, but it's in some, it's very similar to diet Dr. Pepper, which is yours and my favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: But it's in, it's like 60% aspartame and then uh, 40% some other sweetener.
1: <laughs> <laughs> some other death chemical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some other chemical that'll probably kill you, but very similar mix to Coke zeros. Um, uh Mm -hmm. mixture i guess so it's supposed to taste more like the original dr pepper and less like the diet dr pepper um i read a guy had a taste test up where he blind tasted uh all three and he he says he could definitely tell what was he's he could definitely tell which one was not real dr pepper or or Mm -hmm. not original dr pepper um And I believe that you're in this camp as well. I prefer Diet Dr. Pepper to regular Dr. Pepper.
1: I Um, don't care for any regular soda. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I I, I actually am the same way. I think that even though the aspartame will probably kill me, like I think that diet soda is crisper, cleaner tasting. It has better bubbles in it. uh, And it also, the sweetness of sugar to me is too sweet. The Mm -hmm. sweetness of aspartame I think is a better uh, balance
1: flavor. So, yeah, I think it's better than uh carp, um corn syrup. Because yeah, you know, it's better than corn syrup. Well, see, I, I I even, sodas now.
0: Yeah.
1: I even prefer it to the
0: cane sugar uh mm-hmm. sodas. Cause you know they have the Coca-Cola cane sugar yeah. one. I, I don't like that one. And I also am not crazy about uh I don't think they have it anymore, but for a while uh there was a deal with Coke. I is Coke the one that makes Mountain Dew or is Pepsi the one that makes Mountain Pepsi. Dew? Pepsi. Pepsi. Okay. So there was a deal between uh, Splenda and one of them to make Splenda sweetened soda. And I didn't think that was very good either. Um, I although I do like Splenda. Be- yeah, they stopped doing it. There was a big lawsuit between the companies because Splenda wanted to be it to be labeled Splenda. I think there's still one or two that, are, that do say Splenda because Splenda wanted their trademark label on the box. And- mm-hmm. Mountain Dew or Pepsi or whoever it was was like, No, that's stupid. We're not going to do that. And they were like, Well, you can't use our product because it's a trademark product.
1: Yeah. I thought, I thought, honestly, there was like one of the big ones that said, Now with Splenda, like actually somebody is doing it still. I don't remember who, though. But they may not have been putting it on the bottle. It may have just been announced and you just kind of had the look. I I don't remember. But yeah, yeah, like I'm not a big fan. Like. we eat sugary desserts here. I do like caramel a lot, but I'm not a big fan of like most sugar-based candy. I like chocolate candies, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, but like jelly beans, not a big fan of them, like that sort of thing. So even for me, like I like aspartame at times, but like I've been trying to cut out pretty much all like brown soda from my life. I just don't feel as good on it. And I'm probably overthinking it and probably, you know, like making it worse than it is for me. But yeah. So, yeah. So like, I I wouldn't want it to taste like regular Dr. Pepper though. Just like you said. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But this goes
0: back to a interesting conversation that you and I have had many, many times. And that is trademark.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and this whole lawsuit is because <clears throat> Coca-Cola is trying to argue in the lawsuit that zero is their trademarked property, hmm. which is interesting. And their reasoning, I could actually kind of see their argument on this because they were the first ones to um, try to get diet soda not be marketed toward women. Uh, and they did that with Coke Zero which is supposed to be closer to the Coca-Cola classic formula rather than the new Coke formula which I guess Diet Coke is based off the new Coke formula oh is it um yeah so they do have a different flavor the Coca-Cola it doesn't have the Coca-Cola classic uh, honestly I'm cool with Coke Zero or Diet Coke I actually prefer Diet Coke but um there is a there's a formulaic difference between them and mm-hmm. uh but Coke Zero, I do remember when it came out, I was more attracted to it. It does look more masculine. Like as a like a, a male buyer, mm-hmm. it just looks like a more masculine product and it does attract me as far as like visually. It's like, oh, it's black and red. It's it's more hardcore rather than this kind of like light silvery thing. And and the original Coca-Cola products, uh, Diet Coke was marketed toward women. So all of the marketing for that they, they built all that marketing to be a woman product. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that marketing does work still to this day. I, I think it, there's, it, it doesn't talk about it in this article, but I think I've read about it before that, um, just more women buy diet Coke products just because of the marketing. Yeah. I mean, that's and more weird. men buy Coke zero. And that was the point of Coke zero was it was, they wanted more men purchasing the, the diet product or whatever, the low calorie product. Cause it's you know, We've, we live in a time when people are trying to like watch their calories and stuff like that. And they just knew that, that men were switching to other brands that were diet and not buying the diet Coke. But if they were not drinking diet soda, they would be drinking Coke. And mm-hmm. so that's why they came out with the Coke zero product. Hmm. So very interesting. So Coca-Cola's yeah. argument is that they basically pioneered this space with uh, Coke Zero, Pib Zero, and an energy drink that I've not actually... I might have heard of it before, but do you know Vault?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I don't think I know that one. But uh, Vault Zero spelled with an X, X-E-R-O. They're saying those are all their products, that, that Zero is associated with them. And from that standpoint, that to me, I was like, you know, that actually kind of does make sense. That I wouldn't defend it, but... It's like that – you did kind of discover this marketing and you did – I would say that Soda Zero, you know, generic Soda Zero, is associated with Coke Zero, in my mind at least. Hmm. Um, And when I saw that Pib Zero came out, I don't really like Mr. Pib. I I don't think – I think it's a much inferior product to Diet Dr. Pepper Um, and Diet Mr. Pib. They're not not the same.
1: It's a Pib Extreme. There's no more. Risk. Yeah, well, Pib is
0: Pib. Pib so this is my. Our people listening to this are going to know how much of a Diet Dr Pepper fanatic I am. Pib is prune soda. It's not Dr Pepper. Mm-hmm. It's Dr Pepper. Hat it has a specific formula that is based off of a combination of their flavors. Prune is one of those, but it is a not a prune soda. Like one of the flavors that's in in Diet Dr Pepper's carrot, or in, in Dr Pepper, the original formula is carrot. There, that's one of the flavors. There's a bunch of flavors, and prune is one of them. But this is this is why I'm so like it bothers me so much that people are like, "Oh, Pib, it's the same thing." No, it's not the same thing. They're completely different sodas. One is a prune soda. One of them is a combination of I think 36 flavors. So, <laughs> um. So they are different products, but anyways,
1: <laughs> I've heard, heard the prune soda thing from you before, but not with this much emphasis. And like <laughs> Jacob Sody Soda Soda Fury. Well,
0: it's just not. It's just not the same. <laughs> it's I the, I, like,
1: I agree, but back in the day, for me, when I drank Dr Pepper, I was fine with Mister Pibb. Like I like. See, and that,
0: that's what I'll, I will say though. As a second choice, I am okay with Mr. Pib being a second choice. I just don't like them being synonymous because they're not.
1: Well, I didn't like it when they switched to that Pib. Like, I guess like I had started drinking diet soda by this point, but when they switched to um, like, because it's not Mr. Pib anymore, it's
0: that like it's Pib Pib Extra, I think. Yeah, Pib uh, Extra,
1: and it's like you tried to go the Dr. Pepper route by introducing a bunch of other stuff. This isn't Mr. Pib like this is a different cola and you did away with the better one (laughs) and like i I don't know if they do a pib extra diet i'd really like to try it but (laughs) i
0: think i think so i could be wrong on this but i think the different i could be actually wrong on pib altogether now that i think about it Mm -hmm. but i think pib extra the introduction of that was cherry syrup and Mr. Pibb was just prune base. You're
1: talking. I can't hear you. Hang on.
0: Oh. Can you hear me now? Mason is experiencing technical difficulties. I will continue describing this interesting court case while he's uh, working on stuff. So in this court case, Coca-Cola had filed these. Hang on. uh, Oh, can you hear? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, cool. All right. So what I was saying is I think that um, the difference between Mr. Pibb and Pibb Extra was that with Pibb Extra, they introduced cherry syrup. Uh I think that's what changed the flavor on it. So it's kind of like cherry Dr. Pepper if 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 Dr. Pepper and Mr. Pibb were synonymous, and I don't think they are,
1: but um, <laughs> well, I mean like I, it's not synonymous enough to talk about like their changes amongst each other. yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's true. see I would I, I think more analogous to Mr. Pibb is Cheerwine, which I think is good on its own hmm. um, and I think they're similar products, but I don't think anyways, let's go back to the article. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway, so the, the deal was that Coca-Cola filed these trademark, um, uh, registrations for zero saying that zero is their, I guess, intellectual property or trademarked property. And, uh, the Keurig, Do- Dr. Pepper Snapple company and, uh, Royal crown cola company and a couple of others, uh, got together and said, no, you can't, you can't trademark zero, it's synonymous with zero calorie soda. And we, and as a, a group or as a segment of the beverage industry, we've been saying zero calorie forever. We just don't usually spell out zero. We just put the zero calorie on it. Mm -hmm. And so this is interesting because the, the first level court, said, um, yes, you're correct. Dr. Pepper and Royal crown cola. Um, they cannot actually own zero. They can own Coke and have it stylized with zero. And that trademark is theirs, but they can't have Coke zero or zero be their trademark Mm -hmm. and prevent you from also using zero in your marketing. Then that was appealed. And the second court said, no, Coca-Cola basically invented the spelled out zero marketing market. And therefore it is their market. And the, that was then appealed again by Dr. Pepper and Royal crown cola. And the next level, um, court said that, uh, they understand the argument from Coke. They understand the argument from diet doctor or from Dr. Pepper and from Royal crown cola and that Coke cannot prevent other people from using zero in their marketing. um, but they don't really see any problem overall with the case. And so Dr. Pepper said, well, that's stupid because now they're just going to go file another trademark and we're going to have to do this all over again and spend all the money to go back through this. And the court said, yeah, you're right, but we're, we're not interested in like preventing them from filing trademarks.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: That's not what the court's job is. Our job is just to basically say, you're right or you're wrong. And uh, so that's kind of where this, whole story left off, but I, I find this to be such a fascinating story because it goes back to something you and I have talked about on the show several times, which is trademark law. And you, I, I've always said that like trademark kind of makes sense to me because otherwise it's fraud. But this is a case where I clearly don't think that it would be fraud for Dr. Pepper. And I sent you a picture of Dr. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. It looks very close to Coke Zero, Yeah, the the marketing that they have on it. And I, but I could not, like, I could not say that I, that it would be fraudulent if I bought this thing and it was a Coke Zero because I would have to be retarded to think that it was a Coke Zero when it clearly says Diet Dr. Pe- or Dr. Pepper on it
1: yeah, and great. it has the
0: Dr. Pepper logo. So this is actually one of the cases where I'm kind of coming back around this going like, I think maybe you're correct on this point of trademark also being stupid because it gets down to this minutia of dumbiness where zero is just part of the language. Mm-hmm. How can you trademark that? Like, And, but on the other hand, to kind of play devil's advocate to my devil's advocate, if Coke decided to print all change all of their cans to the Dr. Pepper logo, and I took a sip and I went, Oh, this is gross. This is not Dr. Pepper. I would be pissed off because it says Dr. Pepper on it, but they actually are filling it with Coke. Mm-hmm. And that is, and as the listeners and you heard, I am very specific on the soda. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't dislike, you know, Mr. Pibb or, and I don't dislike Diet Coke. I'm actually fine with Diet Coke, but, um, I don't want, if this actually happens at restaurants, I send my soda back is if I ask for something and I get it and I can taste that it's not what I asked for, I don't drink it. I send it back and say, No. I asked for Diet Coke or I asked for Diet Dr. Pepper and I could tell that this is regular. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you, uh, you can tell the difference. I, I, yeah, I, I can. It's not it's not Diet Dr. Pepper. It's, this is either regular Dr. Pepper or some other drink, but it's not Diet Dr. Pepper. And, if, and I say, either your mix is off or you poured the wrong one. Um, and so in this case, like if I bought a can that was labeled Dr. Pepper and mm-hmm. there was Coke inside, I'd be pissed off. I I would feel like that was fraud
1: yeah and and that's one of those things where I don't know if that's a trademark necessarily yeah like because i I think what you're saying like you would have the grounds to sue because they lied to you about what the product was mm-hmm. you know, like you were buying this because it said it was this, not that it was stylized as this. Right. So now here's where I think Coke's playing with fire. Do you know Pepsi 1?
0: Uh no, I don't know Pepsi 1.
1: So Pepsi 1 is the one calorie soda that Coke or Pepsi came out with oh. guess when. Uh when 1998. Oh, wow. Do you know when Coke Zero came out? No. 2005. Oh, really? So Pepsi One is the word Pepsi and the word One written out. They also have done it with the, like, you know, One, and it's black and white and red. So it's Pepsi's colors, but it's inverted. It's not the blue. It's red. But Pepsi stole... Or it's black with like white accents, but Pepsi stole the blue from Coke's red. So like, this is one of those, you know, but Coke had, or Pepsi, I keep saying Coke, but Pepsi had been doing a soda with that same kind of marketing scheme for seven years. And then like, you were not like waxing poetic about Coke, uh, zero, but really, strongly defending that they created this market, like with this, you know, not a men's soda, and th- all those reasons are correct. Yeah,
0: but seven Pepsi years did it after first.
1: Pepsi did it,
0: yeah, okay, that's that's interesting. I didn't know about Pepsi but One. But do they do they still make it? Yeah,
1: yeah, like oh, that's what we get. My uncle, because like huh. you okay. know he um, he used to drink pretty much exclusively Pepsi, and now he gets Pepsi uh. One, but. And that's the thing is, maybe Pepsi One was marketed toward women, but like I thought Diet Pepsi was as well. So, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, yeah. So I kind of get sometimes the idea of a trademark where you spend a bunch of time associating one thing and you may not be saying, like, hey, we don't think somebody's going to pick this up and go, oh, it's a Diet Coke when it's clearly, or not Diet Coke, but it's Coke Zero when it's clearly diet or, um, Mm -hmm. Dr. Pepper zero. It's the fact that, uh, Dr. Pepper zero has to do very little marketing to get you to understand what a Dr. Pepper zero is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So I I wonder with the Pepsi one and for, for, you know, and I, like I said, I don't recall Pepsi one being a product, mm -hmm. although it does look cool. I like their I like their cans but um I wonder how much of that space was already uh kind of plowed by Pepsi One so that when Coca-Cola Zero came out they were able to go oh you already know what you already know what Pepsi One is it's it's a more masculine diet drink or or maybe not even a more masculine diet drink but they were able to go like I don't put- we don't have to, yeah we don't have to explain it
1: yeah and they also didn't put any like like, hey, this is the men's version of this. It was just guys playing football and drinking a Coke Zero. Like, people playing sports and then drinking one. Not necessarily, like, like 80s, you know, like, fitness model. Like, girl, like, fitness ladies, like, doing, like, yoga. Or not yoga, but um, gymna- gymnastics. But Size and crap like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so that's, to me, it's, like, there's very few times where somebody comes up with a marketing scheme that no one's ever tried before. And, yeah, and that's yeah. probably
0: true. Cause I mean, even diet soda, I mean, that was uh I believe Tab. Yeah. Was the first either the first one or the first big one.
1: I think and Fresca too.
0: I yeah, you know, and they discontinued Fresca. That's owned by Coca-Cola. Um, they uh, discontinued Fresca because uh Coca-Cola has like – I think actually we talked about it on the show. That was one of my other mm-hmm. favorite sodas. Uh, they, they downsized their offerings uh, during COVID because of the aluminum can shortage. And then when they were going over the numbers, they realized that like a lot of the stuff that they discontinued actually wasn't making them the very much money. Their core products is actually what makes like 85% of all of their revenue. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, okay, we're just going to discontinue all these other ones. And now we're going to focus on like Coke products and Tobo Chico. <laughs> and i actually i love tobo chico that's also a really good one
1: i don't even know what that is
0: it's a like a fizzy water mm, it's fizzy yeah. water but with like like the a hint it's like uh you know like Lacroix or something like that kind of but it's like it's like more fruit flavored i guess but they only have a couple they have like they have like lemon lime and i think there's a strawberry one now my favorite one is the um grapefruit is that's my favorite one. That's a yeah. really good one.
1: Well, fresca is um, back. So what's that? They brought fresca back.
0: Oh, do they bring it yeah. back finally? They don't have it at the grocery store. Mm.
1: You're deep in Dr. Pepper territory.
0: Yeah, we, that's true. We're, it is Texas. They don't, they don't have fresca at the grocery store. They also don't have uh vanilla Coke. And that was also though a different shortage because of COVID. The vanilla flavoring comes from China mm-hmm. and uh, all the supply lines were like disrupted. So there was no vanilla flavoring for, they do have vanilla Coke. They don't have vanilla Coke zero, mm-hmm. which is the one that we liked. So, um, yeah, I don't know if we're getting into like all these weird, I do like soda a lot just for listeners. <laughs> like, which is, it's kind of a weird, like we're, we're wine people, but like, yeah. I am also a big, a big time soda guy. Like yeah. I, I, I don't you drink like, as much as I used to. You like but flavored drinks. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I like I, I I drink as you can attest. I drink just a large amount of liquid, mm-hmm. and then uh, in addition, I like the texture of carbonated drinks. That's why we got the Soda Stream, and I just I drink fizzy water now all the time. Yeah. But uh, I just like that texture, and I like maybe a squirt of lemon or lime in the fizzy water, and that's uh, that's a that's a great drink. I drink that all day long. We don't drink as much soda as I used to, but uh, let's close it out with yeah. what I was drinking today, which is not a wine. Um, it was, uh, we've talked about founders many times before. I was really digging that all day IPA Mm -hmm. and it comes in a 15 pack. So speaking of value, 15 pack, roughly the same price as a 12 pack of anything else. And you get the three extra cans, which is nice. And, um, they had something different at the Kroger. I don't recall this before, but it's a founder's, uh, centennial IPA. Mm -hmm. Have you had that one before,
1: I might have at some point. I'm pretty sure it's not particularly like a new one. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. It uses Centennial hops. Uh, I like them a lot. Not as much as I like the Mosaic hops, but uh, it's it's a single hop beer. It's only Centennial hops, and um, really very solid beer. It's a it's I don't I probably won't get it again. I'll probably get the All Day IPA again mm-hmm. because it's 7.2 percent ABV. Ooh which is a little bit higher than uh, what I want to, you know, as I said, I drink a large volume of stuff. And so I really kind of need to drink things that either have a lower level of alcohol or are kind of uh, dedicated sippers like wine. I think wine is much better for me to just have and like sip. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like, it's very difficult for me to just sit and sip a, a can of beer. Like it, I'd finish, you know, three or four cans in an hour. And at 7.2%, it's just too much. Yeah. So, uh, I'll probably stick with the, all day IPA or Lagunas here in Texas, they do a pretty good, uh, uh, session IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those are good too. So that's my mini, my mini review. Yeah. Um, if you guys are interested in trying a, a, a solid IPA, I wouldn't say amazing or outstanding, but fair price, 15 cans in a, in a case, um, Oh wow. Centennial IPA.
1: Good.
0: So I think that's it. Ready to call it a night?
1: Yep. All right, everybody. Stay free. Stay free.